Hello and welcome to mini episode 175 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from March the 19th, 2022. And story number one comes from Lana. My family have always been conscious and aware of strange and paranormal things. And have had many experiences with these things since I was a child. Upon many strange things happening over the years in our lives, the discussion of could they be possibly paranormal had often come up. My gran was a very matter-of-fact, to-the-point, cynical woman and was absolute on being a non-believer. When my siblings and I would be unsettled or scared of something, it was always, don't be daft or that's just silliness. She would always look for the reasonable explanations of things or tell us it was all in our imagination. The key thing she would always say is, if there is ever such a thing as ghosts or an afterlife, I will come back and show you or give you a sign. She would joke, I'll write my name on your fogged mirror when you have a shower. A few years after my gran had passed away, my mum and I were very creeped out and on edge after watching a scary film. We were trying to be light-hearted and laugh it off, and I said, I'm going to hear every creak and noise in the house now and never be able to sleep. We started to have the usual conversation about ghosts, etc., and we had casually noted that they're definitely not real, as my gran was such a strong character, she had always said she would give us a sign, and hadn't yet, so they mustn't be real, and maybe there isn't an afterlife after all. We settled ourselves down with that thought and went to bed. The next morning we woke up to the creepiest, yet almost comforting thing. Every single clock in our house had stopped, or was at the wrong time, and every single piece of wall art was shaken or tilted. Since then, we've replaced batteries and reset clocks multiple times, to the point we've given up on them. They always seem to stop by the time we wake up the next day, or they're never on the correct time. And not by a little, five minutes or so. I mean way off by hours, as if someone is changing them. They're all still up on the wall and at the wrong time. I know there could be a definite scientific explanation for this, but in regards to the timing, we want to believe it is a sign from my gran, the non-believer. You absolutely should believe that's a sign, and that's definitely your grandmother being like, oh shit, yeah, I did say that I'd come back. Oh, what'll I do? Mess with their clocks, that's what I'll do. That's a good one. I think clocks must be like the easiest way for the afterlife to communicate, aside from cigarette smoke. Because with clocks, like... People use them all the time. They look at them every single day, multiple times a day. They're interacted with all the time. And you're going to know, you're going to figure out really quickly if the clock is wrong or if the time is wrong. Wouldn't work for me. I don't have any clocks in my house. I don't even wear a watch. But it is a really common one. Time, clocks stopping, clocks changing, times being wrong. I wonder, is it it because it's an easy way to communicate? Like it's a surefire way to get somebody's attention? Or is there something else to it? And story number two comes from Emily. Since I was little, I've had the uncanny ability to sense and know things. I know you don't believe in mediums or psychics, but that's the best way that I can describe what I am. My most recent story, I was at work for some reason and felt impressed to speak to my co-worker. She was new and I knew nothing about her, about her grandmother. Her grandmother had been deceased for about four months at this point but I was feeling sick to my stomach and just had this knowing that I should talk to her about her grandmother. She just mentioned that she was deceased. 
I asked if it was stomach cancer or something of the sort because I was feeling my stomach ache and burn. She started to cry. It was stomach cancer. Next I asked about her dog. I described it and immediately she pulled out her phone and showed me the picture and I was spot on. I told her that her grandmother wanted her to have it. She cried even more, saying her grandmother told her before she passed that she wanted her to have the dog. While it was a short, simple happening, I get these knowings more frequently now. Another knowing of mine happened when I was 16 and I was asked to house and dog sit for a weekend for a neighbour. I was alone in the house and I hated it. It was like something bad had happened, but I tried to be covered up with something happy. When my neighbour returned, they mentioned a murder-suicide had happened in the house. Finally, I want to share with you the paranormal happenings when I was around 10 or 11 at a friend's house. My friend lived across the street from me, and at the time, both of us were obsessed with the TV show Most Haunted. We decided to make what most would call a Ouija board. It was a piece of paper on a clipboard with yes on one side and no on the other with a line down the middle. We put a pen in the middle and then asked questions and it would roll to one side or the other. We did this in a hallway that connected my friend's room to the bathroom, then to her brother's room. The hallway also led out to the living room. When her parents asked what we were doing, they shut that shit down quick. One night I stayed the night and got up to go to the bathroom for my friend's room. As I left her doorway, I tripped over a hairy black mass. Thinking it was her dog, I said sorry and did my business and went back to bed. The next morning, I pet her dog and apologised to the dog again, and her parents looked at me strange. I told them what happened and they shook their heads, telling me the dog was in their room all night and their door was closed. Another time, I stayed the night. We slept in the living room. The TV faced the hallway and you could see the hallway's reflection in the TV. All night, I watched as something peeked around the corner in the TV reflection, but when I turned to look myself, nothing was there. I don't expect you to believe what I've written, but it's true. I've no reason to lie. Another couple of things to add, my friend's parents caught orbs and photos in that hallway, and her dad said he'd once been abducted by aliens and also worked for a time at Area 51. I saw the photos and can confirm there were indeed orbs. As for the abduction and working in Area 51, it was a good story. I chose not to believe it since aliens creep me the fuck out much more than any ghost or spirit. I don't think I've ever said on the podcast that I don't believe in mediums or psychics. I've said a number of times that I think it's complex and I'm on the fence about it and that it's tricky, especially when money is involved. I have met psychics who have really astounded me and have had very profound experiences with psychics, but I've also met psychics who have been not so noble, I think, in their claims of their own abilities. I have an auntie who's a psychic medium. I have people in my family who have the gift of knowing. I'm by no means somebody who doesn't believe in psychics or mediums. I just think it's complex. I think it's not very straightforward. I am also by no means somebody who is going to judge your story on whether or not it's true. It's not my place to do that. I take every story at face value and your story is terrifying because, first of all, what was the hairy black mass that you tripped over? Obviously, at the time, you're going to think it's a dog and you're going to go, oh, sorry, dog, and go to the toilet and go back to bed again, not even think twice about it. But what, what was it? What was that hairy black mass? A werewolf? A small creature? I don't even know what to suggest that it might be. Small Bigfoot? House Bigfoot? Domesticated Bigfoot? I just don't even know. Secondly, the reflection the TV made me want to die. 
it also reminds me of that bit in signs. And yes, I'm very aware. I've noticed that I always get signs and the sixth sense, the two movie titles mixed up. So I'll interchange them depending on what movie I'm talking about. So if I'm talking about signs, I might say the sixth sense. But this time I'm absolutely talking about signs. The bit where you see the alien for the first time in the TV reflection. I mean, and then you see the alien. It's not actually that scary. But if I saw something in the TV reflection, I would be putting my foot straight through that TV screen. There would be no way. And I think I'd be the same if somebody told me they were like abducted by aliens or they worked in Area 51 or whatever. Even if they had irrefutable proof, I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. And then I'd just convince myself they were lying because I just couldn't deal with that either. No way. And story number three comes from Rachel. I've had paranormal experiences my entire life. From a very young age, I've heard people calling my name, especially at night. When I was around 10 or 11, we lived in a duplex on a military base where my parents were stationed in Southern California. My younger sister and I shared one room, and our oldest and youngest sister shared the other room. In our room, we had two sets of bunk beds. My sister and I slept on the newer set, and nobody used the other set which was directly across from us on the other side of the room. One night I had the feeling someone was staring at me, so I rolled over and opened my eyes. Across the room on the top bunk of the other bed sat a little girl. She was pale white or grey and was wearing old-timey clothes and a bonnet. She sat with her hands folded in her lap and her ankles crossed at the centre of the bed. It startled me so much that I slammed my eyes closed and turned to my wall and didn't open my eyes again until morning. In the morning, there was a perfect indent on that top bunk where she had been sitting, giving the impression that someone had just been sitting there. In the same duplex, we had a sitting room just off the living room, where we had a second TV with our Nintendo system hooked up to it for us kids to play video games. One night, I was playing a video game and my mom told me to turn everything off because it was time for bed. So I did. Maybe five minutes later, my mom was yelling at me to get out there and turn the TV off in that room. I went walking out there telling her that I had turned the TV off. I got to the entranceway of that room and the TV was still on, but when I went to step inside, the TV turned off. I ran back to my mom because it scared me so bad. She had seen it too and she was also startled. When I was 27, I bought my first house. I was a single mom with two little girls at the time, so I couldn't afford much of a house. I ended up buying a small two-bedroom home in the middle of this small town that we'd been living in. It wasn't much really, but it was enough for us and I loved this house. I miss living there to this day, but a lot of strange and creepy things happened in that house for sure. One of the first nights there I was laying in bed and I felt this huge presence in the room with me. At the foot of the bed I saw this large dark mass standing with huge wings just staring at me. I closed my eyes and pulled my blanket up to my face. I could hear it flapping its wings, I think to intimidate me. I could feel the air hitting my face from these massive wings beating. Then it said, I'm Beelzebub, and it scared the absolute shit out of me. The house constantly had flies, hundreds of them, even in winter. We had to have sticky flypaper up all year round because it was such a problem, and the house was set between a church, a cemetery and a funeral home. We lived in that house for about seven years. In that time, I'd gotten married and had another daughter, and by the time we moved out, I was expecting another girl. There were also shadow people in the home. An older man, 
a younger man and a little girl. One night, my first daughter I had with my husband, she was about two or three by now. She was laying in bed with us. She sat up and said, Hi, Annalee. Annalee is her cousin. So this woke me up and I looked to where she was talking. And in our doorway was the shadow of a little girl, which is why my daughter thought it was her cousin. As soon as I noticed the shadow girl, she darted off. There was another instance with this daughter where it wasn't that late. We had just settled into bed. We were co-sleepers at the time, so she was snuggled up between my husband and I. She then started talking and baby babbling because she was only just two. Then she said very clearly, This is Daddy, this is Mommy, and I'm Marceline. Then she giggled. In that room, which was the room the winged beast presented itself to me when I'd first moved in, something would yank the covers off my husband's feet. Or even worse, it would just yank my husband's feet. This was on a nightly basis. It got so bad that at one point, I finally just sat up because the yanking kept waking me up. My husband slept like the dead, so nothing fazed him. But I sat up this time because I was so irritated by it and shouted, Knock it off! And it stopped after that. We moved out of the house just after I gave birth to my fourth daughter and last child. The house we moved into had much less activity, but it still had some weird occurrences. The first day of our move-in, my husband was down in the living room, and I was all the way in the kitchen. It was just the two of us bringing in boxes and unpacking. At one point, I turned to head towards the living room to get my husband for something, and I slammed into a man. The man disappeared immediately, but I know he was there because I walked right into him, and it stopped me in my tracks because I was walking into a person. I never saw him again. Things did disappear often in that home too, which I chalked up to a house brownie because when I'd asked for the things back, they would reappear. It also had a ghost cat that wandered the hallway. One night, as I was walking down the hall to my bedroom, I saw a black cat dart into my room. I thought it was one of our cats because we have three and one of them is black. I went into my room and looked for the cat, but I didn't see it right away. So I checked under the bed and there it was. But it wasn't my black cat. I looked away for a second and when I looked back the cat was gone. The ghost cat was playful and never caused any issues. Just liked keeping me company I think. I've since been divorced and I'm a single mom again which is okay. It was for the best. My older two girls are now adults. So it's my little ones and me living in a three bedroom trailer. There hasn't been any activity that I've noticed in this place. I am currently engaged though to a very wonderful man and he is sure there's a ghost cat here because something jumps on the bed at night time with us. I did invite the ghost cat at the last house to come with us so maybe it's that. I've never noticed. My third daughter, Marceline, who talked with whatever was in the first house, she says she sees things all the time. I believe her even though I haven't seen anything at all. There is so much going on in this story, so much paranormal activity. First of all, who wants to wake up with a little Victorian ghost sitting on the top of the bunk bed? Nobody. Nobody does. I am reminded of um, The Emperor's New Groove, which is the greatest film of all time. And when Cusco's going through his prospective wives and he's like, yikes, 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 yikes. That's how I feel about going through this list of paranormal activity. I'm just like, yikes, yikes, yikes. TV turn on and off, yikes. Fucking Beelzebub showing up in your bedroom, double yikes. 
kids being creepy. I don't know which is actually creepier, Beelzebub or the kids being creepy. I think actually it is a close call as to which one is creepier. Sounds like there is a lot of crazy activity that happened in that house. I mean, we, we know that I don't mind a ghost cat. Ghost cats can hang around. We're fine with that. But the rest of it, like, maybe it was on account of living between like a church, a graveyard and a funeral home. Maybe it was something to do with it like being a death pathway. Whatever the case may be, I'm just happy that you are no longer seeing anything at all. And story number four comes from Rachel. When I was around 17 years old, my granddad, who meant a great deal to me, passed away from a condition called COPD, topped off with catching pneumonia while in hospital. My mum was an only child, so we were always around Nan and Granddad's house most weekends. In fact, we went on holidays with them and more. Granddad was a really funny man, always making us laugh, playing pranks on my dad and vice versa. Granddad and I had a lovely relationship. So it took me a while to accept his passing, and when it hit me, it was hard. When he passed, my youngest sister was two years old. She was often with me, hanging out in my bedroom with me, doing colouring and games and more. One evening, I was standing at the end of my bed, holding her hands while she was on my bed, jumping up and down. I can still picture the colouring sheet we had done together in one of her hands while jumping, flapping around. She had her little pink nightdress on and a dummy in her mouth. Jump, 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 I was going. She was copying. It took me a while to realise she had stopped jumping as I was engrossed with my head turned to the left watching the TV. I turned around to look at her and she was looking over my shoulder. Trin, what are you doing? No response, not even eye contact. Trin, what are you looking at? From behind her dummy, she said, Who's that? I turned to look, thinking my dad or maybe a friend of mine or something had turned up to surprise me, but there was no one there. But my bedroom door that was pushed to but wasn't shut. I said stupidly, Who's who? That man, while pointing to the door again. And with that, she snapped out of her stare and started jumping again. I thought to myself, Nope, grabbed hold of Trin and went straight out of my bedroom and to my parents and explained everything. Both my parents are very sceptical, so it was shrugged off and that was that. End of. Was it my granddad? Watching the grandchildren that he was close to, with the one he never got to really spend time with? Fair to say I struggled to get to sleep that night. To set the scene a little, our house was quite an old house, quite small, down a little road in Staines in Surrey. My bedroom itself was a converted living room, as my parents had four of us, so room was tight. Therefore, Dad, being a builder, did quite a bit of extension work on it. My bedroom was ground level, front of the house with a big bay window and a street light right outside. So through the night, my room was quite bright. It was what was for me a normal night. I'd watched some TV, chilled and then gone to bed. For some reason during the night, I woke. I didn't know why I was awake. It was dark enough that I knew it must be late as Dad had gone to bed. I woke lying on my back, so I had a little rejig by turning onto my right side, tucked the duvet up over my shoulder and snuggled into it, staring out onto the streetlight out my closed blinds, thinking, why have I woken up? That's so random. With this, I felt a heaviness at the end of the bed by my feet. The duvet went tight over my legs and feet. The feeling when someone sits on your bed when you're lying down and the mattress drops and the duvet tightens. 
My mind went insane with what the hell is the heaviness of my bed? Why did it feel like someone sat down? These are just what went through my head. Oh God, oh God, what was that? Look, no, don't look. Oh, just stop being silly. But what if someone sat at the end of the bed? You're not going to be feeling that, are you? But there isn't going to be someone sat at the end of the bed. It's just not possible. Honestly, all of these thoughts went on repeat in my head so fast. In the end, I got cross at myself and thought, right, just look. Because when you look and there's nothing there, you're going to feel so silly. But at least you'll just pass out then. So I did it. But I didn't just poke my head out from behind my cover. Oh no, I was so confident it had to be nothing that I practically sat up. I leaned up on my elbow, pushed the duvet slightly off me. And there it was. Sitting at the end of my bed, making the mattress lean and the duvet tighten over me. A black figure. A shadow. Although it wasn't a shadow, I couldn't see through it. It was solid blackness. I couldn't see any details. No eyes, no nose, no hands. Could have been in a black cloak for all I know, and I don't know how, but I knew it was a man, and I knew it was looking straight at me. Shitting myself, like absolutely shitting myself, I kind of froze for what felt like such a long time, and then I gradually laid back down, snuck into the bed, and I pulled the duvet up over my head, tucking it under my head and gripping it so tight that my fingers were stinging. I thought, now what? Do I just move super fast and make a run for it out my bedroom and upstairs to mum and dad? Do I scream? What should I do? So I just froze. So frightened I couldn't move, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And then the weight lifted. The tight duvet on my feet released. Where is it? Where the fuck is it gone? I can't look again. There was no way I was coming out of the duvet to see. It might be right beside my fucking head now. I have never been so still in my life. I laid for a while, no noise, no nothing. But I never came back out. Eventually I fell asleep and that was it. I never saw anything in my room again that I remember. Was it Grandad? Trin had maybe seen him in there. Was that him again, only this time I saw him? But he knew it was frightening me, so he didn't come back again? I will never know. In 2006-2007, when I was 16 or 17, I was with my then-boyfriend Andy. I was always round his house in the evenings, but he would often be out in the garage working on his motorcycle, and I would just chill and watch TV in his bedroom. There was one occasion where he had got up and left for work, but I was still there as I didn't need to leave just then. While I was getting dressed and ready, I was going to and from the bathroom that was right next door. I finished brushing my teeth, came back into the room and noticed a strange mark on the wall across the room to the side of me that definitely wasn't there the many other times I'd walked in and out of the room just now. Of course I'd thought nothing of it, so I went over to nose at it thinking, what's this? It was feet. Like sweaty, bare footprints. Either small adult-sized feet or big children's feet. They were as if someone had laid horizontally across the bed with their feet up the wall. They were clear as day, even down to each individual toe. I walked backwards, left the room as calmly as possible and went to go get my boyfriend's mum. Thankfully, she was a believer. So she was quite excited to come and see. I was convinced they would be gone. But nope, Linda saw them too. Just as they were when I left and not even slightly faded. I left and went to work and have regretted ever since that I didn't think to take a photo. 
In 2008, I got into a relationship with someone new, who is now, in 2022, my husband of nine years, Mike. We were at that stage of our relationship where we were staying around each other's parents' houses quite often. One night, I stayed over at his. I can't remember if we'd been out that evening or just chilled and watched TV, but we went to bed as most people do most nights. I've always had this thing with anyone that shares a bed with me. They have to sleep on the door side. You know, in case someone comes in and I need time to react. Annoyingly, I woke up. No reason that I could understand, a bit annoyed that I was awake. So I had a rejig and rolled onto my side and wrapped my arm over my husband. As I rolled over, in that split second, I see standing by the door, only an arm's width away from Mike, was a little boy. I disappeared behind Mike's back and thought, Hmm, pretty sure I just saw a little boy then. So I thought... It can't be, I'm just tired or it's a dressing gown hanging on the door. So thinking it would make me feel better if I just looked again, as I'd see there was nothing there and I'd be able to just lay down and calm down. So what did I do? I definitely didn't just peek over Mike's back, I practically sat up to have a nose and there he was, still standing there looking straight back at me. And then he smiled at me as if to say, yes you saw correctly, I'm standing here. I literally flopped down behind Mike and stayed there and that's it. A creepy detail for me is that I can tell you details about him. He was around 5 or 6 years old, he had a navy hooded jumper and dark green trousers, he had dark hair, he was pale and a little creepy. Especially that smile. Okay look Rachel, I'm going to level with you here, okay? You should have learned your lesson. The first time you sat up and you had a look, it didn't end well. Because staring back at you was the abyss. It was darkness. It was the black hole of nothingness staring back at you. And you laid back down and you were freaked out for the rest of the night. So why in the name of all that is holy, when you thought you had saw something a second time, albeit a smaller version of the something that you saw the first time, did you again try and sit up to have a proper look like you were going to have a conflab with the child in the doorway? And now Rachel, I don't want to paranormal victim blame. But the next time you think you get a glimpse of something, you need to put your head down under the covers and pretend it didn't happen. And just say, no, we're not doing this today. This is not happening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Lana, Emily, Rachel and Rachel for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from March the 19th, 2022. If you would like to know anything about Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, you can check out reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can also sign up to Patreon if you are desperate for extra content. That is patreon.com forward slash Stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content and every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. <laughs>